listening to the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast. Dude, Flama's tasting uh, better than ever. You're right. I have been losing weight. Thank you. Oh, well, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tog Logs in. That's <laughs> not my name. That would have been a great fucking intro. Dude, thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being on 3rd Avenue. Thank you for the longevity on fucking 6th Avenue, was it? Oh, on 5th Avenue. 5th Avenue. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one of the world's best hamburger makers. And by world, I mean San Diego. And by <laughs> world and San Diego, I mean living now on Third Avenue. Tom Logson and the wonderful world of the Balboa Burgers. Well, thank you for having me in here and uh, everything you're doing down here in the South Bay. Shut the fuck up. Why does everyone say that? What am I doing? I'm drinking Topo Chico on a Wednesday at noon with you. And a beer. I mean, shit. I mean. But I mean. I mean. We've been running around all day. You're a business owner. You know, you, you, I. I was just in here like thinking, how the fuck do you do it, bro? You had, at one point, you had both restaurants up and running, and then the pandemic mm-hmm. came. We'll get into all that nonsense. We'll get all into all that. Everybody wants to know about Balboa and Tom and why and who and huh. Tommy, where are you from? Um, so uh, my family is all from here in the South Bay. Uh, little known secret, I was actually born in Arizona. Ew, you we don't have horribly. To, we don't have to tell anybody about that, though. Uh, but when I was tiny, my folks moved back here, uh, and I grew up in between Benita and Chula Vista. Nice, nice. You are an alumnus of a very awesome high school, a high school that has produced many a talent, Hall of Fame drummers for bands such as Nine Inch Nails, baseball players, football players. Me? Oh, a very you. illustrious institution. <laughs> Benita. You went yeah, to Benita true. High School, bro. I went to Benita High. Do you get Sometimes. a lot of shit for being from Benita? I, I wouldn't say I've gotten a lot of shit for being from uh, Benita. That, Did you? Yes. I can't I can't say anything. They're always like, where are you from, man? Where'd you, where'd you go to school? Benita. Oh, fucking little white boy rich school. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Well, nothing, because I was neither of those things. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I was one of those things. <laughs> I was neither of those things, and I always get like shit. I'm like, oh, man, blah, 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 Benita, ooh, Benita, boy. They're just mad because our soccer team would wail on them, and we would do ungodly things athletically to them. We had a soccer team? We were the best fucking soccer <laughs> What is wrong with you? You didn't know we had a soccer team? Shit. Uh, what got you into burgers, bro? Was it the South Bay? Because the South Bay is home of burritos, rolled tacos, and fucking killer sushi, and now all of a sudden, you. I love, and out of nowhere, decide to just open a burger joint. How did that come about? Well, I mean, uh, burgers were kind of were something that I always love. You know, I'm a uh, I like to eat, and burgers are one of the things I like to eat. Uh, but really, I was just into food. I yeah. was cooking for a while, and uh, I got the opportunity to move into the old tin can ale house, and. I was trying to put together a menu that made sense in a bar and we had a couple of burgers on the menu and that was really all we sold and it ended up just taking off and we kind of just became a burger spot by default. So that was on fifth Avenue. 
Correct. That was once called the Tin Can Ale House. Tin Can Ale House. I had no idea that's what it was called. Well, that was right before you opened that up. It was called Tin Can Ale House. Yeah, I was actually at the Tin Can for about three years oh, shit. Uh, doing the food under Dude's Foods, uh, which actually started out of my house as an attempt to hustle rent with an illegal food delivery service. Homie, you were doing Uber Eats before that thing was even a thing. Something like that. How did Feeding the order? neighborhood. Yeah, how did people order from you? Uh, well, it started off where I was just, I'd come home. Uh, for my job, I was cooking at a hotel downtown. I'd come home and start cooking, and I had you know anywhere between six to twelve roommates at the time. We just lived in a kind of a flop house where we all just played music. And I was going to say out. that sounds like a fucking band to set up, bro. That's exactly <laughs> what that was. And uh, I would I would end up cooking, and everybody would come by and go, oh, "What what are you making? Can I get some?" Hey, dude, what are you making? Well, yeah, dude's foods. It. And so. Neighborhood people would also come over and grab food from you. Well, it it evolved into that. First, it was just like it was like, "Hey, asshole, give me five bucks. You can have some for sure." And so I'd hit everybody up in the house beforehand and say, "Hey, who wants dinner tonight? You know, are you getting a burrito or are you giving me five bucks?" And uh, then you know, we had a. It was one of those houses where there were always people coming and going, and folks in the neighborhood got wind of it, and then they were like, "Hey, I'll I'll throw five bucks on that." And then I realized I was cooking and doing the dishes for five bucks a plate. Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh, I'll charge you, you know, eight to 10 bucks. And uh, I put up a Facebook page and just had a different menu every week. And honestly, we never did a burger. Oh, so there was when no it was out of the house. The oh, nice. Yeah, there was never a burger. It was what all were you guys like making. It what was were all you like making rather. American comfort food, mm-hmm. you know, meatloaf and mashed potatoes and roasted chickens and ribs. What the fuck, bro? Our first one, the first week Dude, was like the Boston uh, Market. Oh man, I love me some Boston Market. Is that a thing anymore? I remember there was a Boston oh, Market. Okay, across so there Vegeta. there are two Boston Markets still around. There's one on Balboa. Uh, they don't pay me. This isn't a Boston Market commercial, <laughs> but my fat ass loves some Boston Market. And then there is one uh, right next to Burning Beard. So that's a that's an awesome bang bang. I'll hit Burning Beard and pick up some beer, and then go over and uh, hit Boston Market on the way home. Boston Market was across the street from Bonita High School, and I would pop in every now and then and grab a Boston Market food, and that's exactly what it was, bro. It was like a a roasted chicken, mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. all that shit. Yeah, shit that mac I would and normally, cheese. I would normally not eat all that crap. So I was like, all right, cool. I guess this is what we're having. We were on the burrito and roll taco diet or Taco Bell across the street. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that's what was fucking there, bro. Well, that was a regular thing. I I was in Music Machine. I played in the band in Music Machine. <laughs> and What a weenie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a weenie. <laughs> I'd, uh, we'd sneak out the back and go and get food, either at the bagel bar or over at Boston Market. And then get back into class before anybody realized Dude, we were, were ever gone. Our high school was surrounded by all of these eateries, man. We had round tables, so we would go to round table across the street oh, and yeah. hang out there. Yeah, there was Boston Market. The well, I mean, you're shop. much older than me. I don't How think round table yeah. was around. Let's get that shit out of the way. How old are you? 33. Damn, homie, you young. <laughs> all right, 33. So Dude Food started at what age? Um, I was 23 Damn. when Dude's Food started out of the house. And I was... I was kind of short on rent and uh, spending a little too much money partying, and mm-hmm. I took the little to money that I had and uh, bought some food and to-go containers and flipped it into rent money. Damn. So how about your 
culinary background? Was that just kind of self-taught, hanging out at home, cooking because you were hungry? Or did you go to a school, a trade school, a culinary school, anything to kind of learn no, anything? No, I never, I never went to any sort of school or training. Um, I, I was up in San Francisco going to school for mechanical engineering. Nice. And uh, decided you go to? I went to uh, San Francisco State. My sister graduated from there. Nice. Oh, yeah. wonderful school. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful school. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I decided that I liked uh, hanging out with my buds and smoking weed a whole lot more than going to school. Okay, and that, that, that tends to happen. You know, I mean, even in you your forties, even in your, it's always a thing. <laughs> uh, and a couple of them were cooks, and you know, we would have these epic meals where we just like sit around all day hanging out and cooking food and then you know have these like i mean we were broke but somehow we had the most like delicious elaborate meals that we'd spend all day cooking and uh you know i got a job part-time busing in a restaurant and liked hanging out with the cooks more than actually doing my job you know they they uh always had a joke and knew how to party and uh you know i decided i wanted to be a cook and you know, one thing led to another i moved back down to san diego and lied through my teeth to get my Take first job. cooking job sure, bro i mean i read the anthony bourdain book you know the the life of a, of a cook a line cook a chef anybody who i've talked to who has been in that industry pretty much tells me like one yeah that's the bible that's what we kind of abide our life by in the kitchen and two that shit's true we, we all party, we all work hard, but it's a grind. Oh, it's definitely, it's a grind. Um, and, you know, I still, I love cooking at home. I don't know if I could hack it as a line cook in a busy restaurant anymore. Why? Like, I'm 33 and I feel like an old man. Oh, well, you oh are just the, the, uh, you know, the endurance that it takes, you know, the, the stress management. You know, when you have tickets just spitting out of the machine at you and you've been on your feet for 12 hours already, it's a, I've got a lot of respect for line cooks that are grinding it out. I have a lot of respect for people who have, who are in that industry, period, man. One, you guys, there's very little respect or care for people who work in the kitchen. The service industry as a whole, pretty much, you guys deal with a lot of shit. I mean, it's it's low pay, miserable yeah. conditions, yeah. and more. Yeah, <laughs> come on in. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so all of that, cutting your teeth, getting ready to open your own spot was always in the back of your mind, or that just kind of you stumble upon it, or no? I actually never wanted to open my own spot. Yeah. I never had aspirations to do that, and I saw so many, or I worked for so many very stressed out owners Ugh. that were just trying to you know scrape by. There's fairly small margins in the restaurant industry and that was something i was never really interested in i liked doing the the really small scale serving food to my community kind of under the radar uh, -huh. uh but the the folks at the tin can approached me and wanted to add uh liquor so they had to add food and they didn't want to run the kitchen so i kind of had this fall in my lap. It was like the American dream on accident. And they really, uh, you know, my partners really at the time had no clue who I was or what I was doing. And I don't think I did either, but they took a chance on me. And, uh, 
you know, moved in and started doing my own thing. And eventually it you know, became that we were just doing burgers. And then fast forward a little bit, it uh, was, you know, the it was a music venue and bar and it was just too small to be a music venue and was having some some hard times paying the bills. And I think, you know, the folks that were that were involved, you know, were ready to to move on. They were done with that season in their lives. And I ended up hooking up with uh, my partners to take over the place and rebrand it as the Balboa. Nice. And it was magic from the get. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. It was definitely not magic from the get. It was a lot of grind. It was a lot of long hours and not making much money. And it was a passion project. You know, it's I was working for myself. Those are the the best projects, bro. You know, those are the best ones because you don't really care. Well, obviously, you care how much money you're pulling in because you need enough to at least maintain what you're doing. You know, you need overhead. But aside from that, it's like you go in at eight, you go home at 11 or midnight and you don't even tell you can't tell the time because you're legitimately doing something you love right i didn't want to be anywhere else and it was it was cool because it was a really small crew the kitchen there is like about 10 foot by eight foot so it would be me and then maybe one other person when we were really busy and it like you said, the time kind of flew by. You'd go in early in the morning and you'd leave late at night, but I always felt really good about it. And that's kind of what I think fueled everything and helped me, you know, push it till people actually realized what we were doing and kind of enabled us to take the next steps. So what year did everything start at the Balboa? Oh man. Um, So my memory is always a little hazy. Don't do drugs, kids. I mean, it's right? a crazy yeah. shit. You know, <laughs> acid's a hell of a drug. Um, but I think it was about six years ago that okay, we started so the Balboa. It's like 2014-ish. Right around there. Nice. Um, yeah, right around there. So 2014-ish, you started on Fifth Avenue. You started under the Balboa after taking over the Tin Can Ale House with your partners. It was very, I'll tell you why I loved it, man. The burgers were fucking huge. Like as soon as I went in there for the first, when I went in there for the first time, rather, everyone was like, dude, it's it's a bomb ass spot. The Centennial Burger with an egg, la la la. And I went in there and I was like, boom, this is fucking amazing. And I'm I'm the guy that'll go to In-N-Out and sometimes get two of the double doubles just because one is rarely ever enough. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? I have it. I'm like, fuck, I should have had another one. Jesus. But I went into the the Balboa the first time, and I had let me let me get a Jameson and ginger ale. Uh, I looked at the menu, I was like, "Oh, dude, these fries look amazing. Let me get some of these garlic fries." He said, "Ah, there it is, the Centennial. Ooh, double patty, double everything. Pretty much double the Balboa burger with an egg and and some bacon." And I was like, "Holy crap! Yes, this is the one." Bro, I barely I barely finished it, and I was done. I was like, I was immobile. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Fuck." This is good. For me, that's always a sign of a great place. If once I eat like one serving of something and I'm like, dude, I can't have any more. I'm good. Well, I mean, I like hearing that. I <laughs> I used to eat the Centennials pretty regularly. And now I will only do it in the privacy of my own home where I can fall asleep halfway through. Dude, I get the itis after I eat shit at the oh, bubble, yeah, bro. 100%. Like, Fuck, I got to go home. I don't. What do you have to do? I was like, nothing. I'm going home, man. That's, that's a wrap. <laughs> so 2014, the the dream what the what was the Balboa started? You, your partners, hit the ground running. Took took you some years to kind of get everything established and worked out to what you wanted it to become. 
Yeah, it took a little bit of time, um, both for us to get our to get the burgers where we wanted. Uh, Cause you know, you start in one direction and you kind of course correct Always. along the way. Um, and then also just to get the word out, we were in like a tiny dark little bar on a weird little block outside of downtown in bankers Hill and killer neighborhood. Oh dude. I love that block. If it wasn't so fucking expensive though, but it's a killer neighborhood out there. Yeah. It, well, it's changed a lot from when, when we first started, when I moved in with the tin can, uh-huh. you know, there, there's never a dull moment in that neighborhood, but it's tamed out quite a bit. Most of San Diego's had that happen. Yeah. Most I mean, Diego. condos make money yeah. and you know, people are totally willing to buy a building, tear it down and put up an expensive condo. Ugh, and then everything goes up in price. Right. So then 2018 is kind of when I first heard rumors of you wanting to come down to Chula Vista. Back home. Bring it back to the roots. Bring it back to Third Avenue. At that time, um, our brewery had popped up. Chula Vista Brewery had popped up. There was a few spots that had popped up. Then I started seeing your ass a lot more frequently on the block. I was like, oh, what's going on here? Tommy Boy is coming back down to, send, back down to Chula Vista. And then it's, we, you, the word slowly started creeping out. Oh, dude. Bubba was coming to Third Avenue. Bubba was coming to Third Avenue. What prompted you to bring it to Third Avenue? Well, I mean, growing up down here, I remember my parents giving me like five bucks and telling me to fuck off. And we'd end up going to the Vogue. Sure. Like me and my brother catching a cheap movie and grabbing some snacks and riding our skateboards around. You get down there like at 4 p.m. on a Saturday and you wouldn't leave till like 10 because you'd catch both movies. Dude. Right. You know, you just hang out. There'd be like a little dinner. I'm like, oh, it's like 30 minutes. You go outside to the arcade. See, a lot of people who are listening probably don't know what we're talking about. It was an old school movie theater on Third Avenue called the Vogue. Majestic style. Like some shit you'd see out of the 40s where it's a big billboard outside the bright lights say the vogue and then you can actually like ride on the little on the little wall what movies on and i remember my first movie there i don't know if it was like jaws but i remember the first movie i saw alone with my cousins was boys in the hood my mom oh, dropped, nice. <laughs> my mom dropped us off to watch boys in the hood she's like you guys have a good time <laughs> and i was like yeah and it was a rowdy fucking theater i remember that movie was just rowdy i was like yeah it was like yelling and shit and we were like little i was like fuck this is a good movie it's a then, classic children's movie yeah right i remember <laughs> later on in life watching that movie like with my mom or dad and and my mom was like you that was like a movie you guys saw alone i was like yeah that was you let me watch that shit like you let me watch that shit alone. I'm a product of watching Boys in the Hood alone at the Vogue in Chula Vista. Some of the allure of the Vogue is that you would pay your $2 or $1 to get into that movie theater. And you could sneak and kind of hide in your seat or just go play in the bathroom for a second, come back out, get back in your seat, and you catch that second viewing of whatever else was playing. And I was like... Oh, yeah, because there's always, like, two movies going two movies. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, switch back and forth. And you really didn't even have to get up and go to the bathroom or hide in your seat. They probably, they probably wouldn't I mean, it was like, yeah. you know, minimum wage kids working it. They didn't give a shit whether you were just hanging out in there all day watching movies. So Third Avenue was your old stomping ground. You know, to, to some degree. I mean, we would, like say that we were going to Plaza Bonita and then go down and, mm-hmm. and skate at Memorial Park or like over at the courthouse. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, as a kid, I have memories of being down here. And, you know, I remembered it really being alive and people were down here and there were things going on. It was on. vibrant at one point. Yeah, it totally was. It and was it, a lively spot. At some point that kind of went away. And I don't know what it was or what happened, but 
you know, even as an adult coming back, there wasn't a whole lot going on down here until the past few years. I want to say the death of the Vogue was kind of something that led to that. Because the, the pillars of this block have always been, like, one, the Vogue. Mm-hmm. Two, La Bella. They've been there for, like, 60-plus years, 65-plus years. They've been at the end of the block. And, yeah, there was, like, Fuddruckers and shit. And, like, I worked at the music store. I worked... I don't, know, I don't remember what... At, when it was Whitaker's? Thank you, yeah, yeah. It was called Whitaker's, yeah. And I used to, like, lease musical instruments to high school kids. Yep. You, you need this clarinet, bro? Oh, I uh, rented a snare drum from there. Did you really? Oh, yeah. From Dude, I mean, when I was in a band in Benita Middle. Yeah. I mean, that was a spot that you would go to if you were in a band or if you were in band at school. It's like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, for me, Third Avenue was the same, same, bro. It was like I, I, I was on Third Avenue always, you know, soccer events, baseball events for Little League and, and whatever club we were on. Always all roads led to LaBella and we would hang out there. So, I remember being... Of that age, be like, shit, one day I want to take over the Vogue. I want I want to open a business at the Vogue, you mm-hmm. know? I think that was everybody's vision at one point or another. If you're from the South Bay and you were down, you're like, oh, I want to, I'm going to take over the Vogue and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I mean, for me, luckily, across the street, a few blocks, uh, one block down, we did it. Yep. And for you, the same thing. You and know? you guys were one of the first, too. I mean, there were, there were all around the same time. It all happened, bro. Yeah. All like of these. Outbreak. Yeah. All of these small businesses that had ties to the community here, you know, started sprouting up and, you know, it, that's a big part of what inspired me to want to open a shop here was seeing, you know, I, I, uh, you know, went to youth group as a kid. What's that? With it's, uh, like Christian kids group (laughs) with, uh, the Stenbergs. That, ah, Third that opened Third Avenue Ale House, you know, and then seeing you guys open and seeing that the things that were happening down here weren't happening to the community. They were happening because of the community. True. You know, it was people from here making where they live better. And that that was really inspiring to me. And it seemed like a lot more of a powerful thing than you know, some other communities where there's a lot of outside money coming in, trying to develop them. You know, this is third Avenue is it's homegrown. You know, it's homegrown. Yeah. It's homegrown. And I think there's, there's an appeal to that. You know, there's appeal to here, uh, locals that want to want to get in on that action, you know, whether now it's like dispensaries, which seem to be the new on Vogue, Vogue type of like a uh, business enterprises that people want to get into. It was, eateries it was breweries it was tasting rooms it was ale houses mm-hmm. this whole community needed that man I, I know for a long time the city of chula vista kind of like eh, stiff armed it and said nah we're not about that we're not about that but i think you kind of we forced their hand by the success that north park was having Dude, yep. i always i always tell people like i know you're not from san diego because you think north park is safe and is awesome once upon a time north park was the complete <laughs> opposite of that bro yeah north you park, didn't go down you there you didn't park. have a reason to yeah, go there you, you didn't go to north park north park was just dangerous i mean it was what it was you know mm-hmm. and we wifey and i would go down there before it was what it is and we'd be like all right cool let's go here we'll go to shooters and you know yeah, like hang out sneaking into scolaris yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> and, and i mean it wasn't what it is now it right. wasn't a shitty neighborhood by any stretch of the word it just wasn't like it wasn't like people like you, bro, with beards and fucking flannels and, you know, skinny jeans. Totally not what you're wearing. But <laughs> yeah. Are you accusing me of wearing skinny jeans? <laughs> but it, it wasn't what it is now. So it's like I always tell people, like, man, once upon a time, 
North Park wasn't what it is. You mm-hmm. wouldn't just be able to hang out and walk around bar to bar, bar hopping, and 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 you know be all cool and happy. But down here, I feel like this is all local money, local locals investing into the community, and that makes me happy because one, I feel like there's a sense of pride with all of us here on the block, man. Whether mm-hmm. it's like you know Tony next door who has his roots to La Bella, or Q, same mm-hmm. same, you from Bonita, um, the Parkers at Chula Vista Brewery, they're here from Chula Vista. The Stenbergs, mm-hmm. like you said, they're mm-hmm. here from the West Side of Chula Vista. Um, I'm probably forgetting a few people, but yeah, like we're all from down here. So it just, I don't know how, I don't know how frequently that happens in a neighborhood where specifically on one block, a bunch of locals only kind of pony up and open and invest in the community that they are from and open a business. Right. That's something powerful. And it's, it's really powerful seeing the, the community change how it has, you know, because, you know, the world isn't the same place that it was when we were younger here, you know, and I think that that's, we're seeing things evolve here where it's like the, the businesses that were relevant 20, 30 years ago with the advent of the internet and more big box stores aren't necessarily the same places that need storefronts anymore. True. And it's really cool seeing, you know, the, the community change and grow and evolve for the better. Cause it doesn't always happen for the better. Sometimes, no, it sometimes doesn't. communities grow, you know, and evolve and they turn into something that, it's not always beneficial for the community. Right. Industries can fall out without anything to replace them. Dude, you know what made me feel really good when we opened up here is um, on 3rd Avenue, we're surrounded by two retirement communities. There's the Frederica Manor down the block, and then there's another one, that big tower. So, where it's yeah, the tower. The tower, I think it is. Uh, yeah, is it I don't know. I've always just called it the tower. Um, often that, that demographic of people goes unnoticed or ignored or overlooked, whatever. But I remember opening, or even a little bit before we open, and we'll get to the dramas of opening a business in Chula Vista, because <laughs> we both went through all that shit. Um, the retirement community would come up to me and, and be like, hey, thanks for opening. Mm-hmm. Like, this is awesome. We have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. You know? The Vogue is closed. We can only go to La Bella to hang out or whatever. There's nothing on the block, you know, and and I get it. We are old, you know, because most of the yeah, people are like 80. You but know? just because like, you're 80 doesn't mean yeah. you don't want to drink a beer. Bro, <laughs> we when we open like some of our regulars are those people. They're like in their 80s. Oh, that's out great. Here. Yeah. And they would come down and they're on a fixed income, obviously. And we hook them up because they're regulars. They're locals. You know, we mm-hmm. do what we can. Like, here you go. Like, here's a fucking three dollar beer, four dollar beer, whatever. And they loved it, man. We gave mm-hmm. them an outlet, you know, not like. We three punk, but we like Third Avenue. Everybody who was on here like gave them a, a a new like sense of excitement. Like they live so close, they live walking distance to like one of the hot most happening spots in San Diego right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that for me was like cool. Like we're doing something down here that is impacting a demographic that you know nobody really looked into like oh you know what i'm opening a bar for this retired demographic this the 70 and 80 year old demographic they are often untapped and da, da, da. and you know what that was just an added layer of awesome when we opened it and the, that that demographic came in i was like fuck yes bro yeah that, that feels really good to yeah. see those folks coming in like we have 
a lot of regulars, you know, from over at the towers that come and walk over and get a burger. And they're some of the nicest folks and some of my favorite regulars to hang out with. And the ones that are that are from here have seen the transition. Th- they've seen Third Avenue yeah. long before we ever did. They've seen so many things come and go. And it I've gotten the same response. People saying, hey, thank you yeah. for opening up down here. How do you here. respond to that? Dude? That's, a, that's a crazy like compliment. Like, hey, thanks for opening up here and like giving us something to look forward to. That's crazy. It is because it's it's a it was not I think with you as well. I don't want to speak for you, but I think it's not our original intent. No, was- it wasn't something that we thought of. But it's an unintended consequence that really serves the community because you say, hey, I want to serve the community. But you know, a lot of people, I'm guilty of this, uh, don't necessarily Follow think through. about, yep. hey, our elders, like the older folks that they can't drive. You know, they're they're walking around the community they're on foot and we didn't realize it, but we gave them something. You know, they they now have another space in their community to enjoy and you know, come in with their friends and take a load off. It, it's funny because um, I don't know if you had to do it because you have food at your establishment. We don't have food. We're a small beer manufacturer. So our liquor, our alcohol license made my partner and myself knock on doors, bro. We had to go. I think it's a certain perimeter around the brewery that is residential. And there are, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're lined up with residences right behind the brewery, like in the back parking lot area. So we had to go knock on all those establishments, like knock, mm-hmm. and then we had to go down the retirement home, bah, 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 knock and let them know, hey, we're opening here. There's going to be a, a community hearing. If you have like a, anything to say in for or against, this is going to be, I had no idea that was something we had to do. So me and my partners going out, knocking on doors and kind of giving people the heads up saying, hey, on October 20th and 2017, whatever, you got to come in. It's going to be community hearing. This is going to be your opportunity to air your grievances or whatever for a brewery coming into the block. Mm-hmm. And all along, everybody was telling me, like, you're going to have trouble with the tower. You're going to have trouble with that retirement community. They don't want this. They don't want that. La, la, la. Bro, we had, first off, we had zero dramas. Like, no, nobody, like came and, and said anything against what we were doing mm-hmm. on the contrary they're like thank you like awesome this is great did you have to do that shit or, or was that just like in like special for us so we had to do a mailer i think it was like any residences within 500 yards or it was it was something like that there was some specified distance i don't remember what it was off the top of my head um we didn't we didn't have to go knock on doors, but we did have to tell everybody, hey, we're opening just via mail. And yeah, they had an opportunity to air grievances, but we didn't we didn't have anybody uh, oppose what we were doing. Hell no, because Fuddruckers closed recently. We're going to get into the recently. Pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Fuddruckers closed. So it was like. Perfect. Balboa is here. Not a problem. I feel like if you guys weren't here, that might have been a bigger issue. You know, Fuddruckers has been a staple here forever. You know, oh, who hasn't, you know, that grew up down here hasn't had like a birthday yeah. or a little league yeah. banquet there. Everything, man. Yeah. Everything celebrating marriages, celebrating divorces. It's like the Fuddruckers yep. here was like, that's where you went. Yeah, it was um, Fuddruckers or LaBellas. Yeah, those were it. And they're yeah. right across the street from each other. Yep. So, I mean, when we say we're, we're a small town here mm-hmm. and Third Avenue is 
like the lifeline for the longest time it was the lifeline of the community like this is where you came to shop this is where you came to do everything like i now that we've opened and we've been here established a few years like I, i've gotten to know more of the history on third avenue and i'm like oh, well, that's fucking awesome mm-hmm. like that, that's pretty cool like what happened down here like one of the oldest bars docks still yep. functional still operational they're still on the block man they've been here since the 40s They've been mm-hmm. here since the 30s, you know? And, and if you keep going back before it was docks, they've been here since the 1800s. You know, it was like an old... Oh, wow. Ass, yeah, I didn't know that. like an old-ass bar, like saloon, and it's like, whoa, shit. That's nuts, man. So there's a oh, lot of history cool. here. It's, it's pretty cool that we get the opportunity to set up shop and flourish to an extent. But mm-hmm. then came 2020. Yeah. But then came, like, the pandemic and shit, man. How did that affect your operation? Like, from opening... First off, when did you open... And when did the pandemic hit? So we opened in December and we shut down in March for a couple of months. Uh, I think we reopened in, it was either June or July uh, just for takeout. And we're, we're struggling to make everything happen, but everybody is. And, you know, I don't want to to focus on our struggles too much because there are so many people that no, have Tom, it way worse. Let's focus on your struggles nah. for a second, Tom. Let, let's focus on your struggles for shits and giggles. When did you sign your lease? Oh man. Uh, about two years before we opened. Okay. So let so you opened December, 2019. So you, let's just say, you did I it. think it was August or September 17th. Okay. So September 17th, so right when we opened here, you were yeah. signing yours. Yes. Okay. When you hadn't quite opened when we signed. Okay. Oh, then you did it before because we opened in August. A little background. Third Avenue specifically, because that's the only thing I can speak to. On Third Avenue, <laughs> guys who are listening, girls, ladies, anybody, business, potential entrepreneurs who are planning on opening anywhere, never put that target on your back and say, hey, I'm opening uh, this and that other place, and we're opening on this that date. Never do that. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, we both got to wear that we, dunce whoa, cap for a while. Whoa, we were. <laughs> I wore it for a year and a fucking half, man. Yep. Um, something that I encountered here personally, and, I, and I'm going to preface it because I know you went through it, is we said we opened in August 2017. We were supposed to open like November 2016. I signed my lease March 2016. And it, they, the initial contract, well, no, not the contract, the initial plans and every, everything was slated to open in six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> everything was supposed to open for X amount of money. Yep. <laughs> Both of that shit is nonsense. We doubled the budget. We tripled the fucking build out time and everything. Bro. Mm-hmm. So we were set out to open at a certain day. We didn't open until a year and a half later. Yep. In August 17th. You signed your lease. I'm going to say around August 2017th, and you opened December 2019. Yep. How awesome is that? Oh, <laughs> man. That was, that, that was an awesome two years. Jesus Christ. You know, I, uh, I think if, if you're getting into business or you've, you're expanding into territory that you haven't before, there you really have to have a little bit of ignorance to be so gung ho to do that. We had all of the, (laughs) yeah. And that's a powerful (laughs) thing. I had no clue what I was getting into. I thought, Oh yeah. How difficult can it be? Like, Oh, I, I've remodeled, 
you know, the Balboa. Like, how difficult could it be to build a restaurant? And I went from flipping burgers to pretending that I knew how to build a restaurant. And it took two years. It's a rude awakening, man. Uh, there, It was a very steep learning curve and a long learning process. Looking back now, bro, like when you first started everything, would you do it again? <sighs> That's a tough one. It is a tough one. I mean... Yeah, I would have done it all over again. You know, I think there are a lot of things that I would have done differently. Hell yeah. A Hell lot of things yeah. I would have done differently. But I I would do it again. You know, I'm I'm proud to have opened a spot here where I'm from. You know, that's a and you know contribute to the revitalization of 3rd Avenue. Like that's a that's a big thing, and I don't take that lightly. Pride of ownership, my man. Yeah. Something that needs to be said about pride of ownership, especially when you're local. You know, mm -hmm. it's like we take care of everything that goes on on the block. You know, um, if there's any dramas, if there's any this, if there's any that, I feel like since we're all from here, we all take that to heart and be like, that's affecting not only my business, that's affecting my community. You know, right. so it's like I'm going to do the best I can to provide a, a, a safe space, a, a, a spot here in the community where people can come hang out, have a beer and do the thing. Mm -hmm. You're the same way. You, you know, you, you open an establishment that offers bomb ass fucking food, bro. You know, you have beer. Do you have liquor at the spot yet or no? No, that's something that, you know, eventually we will get. Uh -huh. We were hoping that we'd have it this year, but that's obviously not going to happen. Um, eventually, we've got a whole space in the back that will eventually become a 21 and up bar. Woo. But that's going to, you know, that's going to take a little while. That's the next obstacle. I'm not going to put a target on my back on that. Do it's it, going to happen it. when it happens. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you've been up, you were operational from December to March. March, we closed down. How have you pivoted? That seems to be like a, a, a trigger word that everybody like learned. Oh, I pivoted. I did this. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, did this. Pivot, I shipped, I did that. Pivot, 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 pivot. You know? And it's like. What exactly did you do, though? You know, like a lot of people did this. A lot of people did that. You you have a food establishment and you think that having an establishment that, you know, meet checks the boxes is to be operational during a pandemic. It would be easy. But something tells me it was not easy. No, it wasn't. I'm even when we opened uh, just for to go food you know, with no dine in, no patio. We got a lot of people coming in and ordering food. But realistically, it just wasn't enough to pay our bills. You know, we fell short for a good amount of time. Um, and that's, I mean, that's not good when you get to the end of the month in business and you've worked your ass off and you look at the bottom and you're like, oh, OK, we worked real hard and we're in the red. We lost thousands of dollars this month. You know, and it's it it is in this pandemic, it's part of serving the community where it's like, no, we need to be open and we need to be, you know, feeding the people here. And, you know, we need to show them that, hey, we're in this with you. Like, yeah, this fucking sucks for all of us, but we're here. Eat a burger. Because, I mean, food is one of the, the biggest comforts. You know, I know that, you know, when we were closed and I was just holed up at home doing nothing, just in quarantine. Like food is one of the one things that kept me going. Yeah, you know, whether it was like hanging out and just all day, like, you know, 
making like birria or pot roast or like damn were you making that, birria? hell yeah it was what? <laughs> like that comfort food you know that and a burger is comfort food for a lot of people had one last night mm. Mm. oh you came by Oh, I mean, I made one at home. <laughs> oh, there we go. Hey, I mean, the best burger is the make, one you're yeah, eating. Yeah, dude, the, the kids, we, we love making burgers at home. Now. We love making Hell pizzas yeah. at home. Everything with the pandemic went home. Everything just well, and that's great. derived and was home, 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 home. So many people that I know that would never cook mm -hmm. have been cooking like madmen. And it, it that's great. It kind of brings you back to like the the roots of, yeah, your food does doesn't show up because you ordered it it's like yeah. no things take time and they take effort yeah. and hey you might screw it up from time to time there's like six people behind that order that you take home and eat you know and like when you go to a balboa it's not just like boom it's the balboa and now i have my burger you know because i go to your spot during the day when i'm here mm -hmm. you know I'll, I'll go in there i know your staff i know your chef and we just got pop, pop, get a burger then i come over here you know, mm -hmm. but that's just for me. For the pandemic, we haven't gone anywhere, bro. Right. Like, like as a, like as a family, as a family, we haven't gone out to eat anywhere. And and for us, that's very weird because we we enjoy eating. We enjoy taking the kids out and, and having them learn about like you know like different styles of food. And mm -hmm. then, uh, you, we go to this restaurant. This is why we go to this support this restaurant. I was telling you earlier, it's like I introduced my parents to the Balboa Burger, and they they fucking love oh, it. Oh, and that's how I know Dude, your parents you know? too. And, they, and they're like. As soon as you open, like, oh, when's when's Tom opening? And I was like, you know, Tom was like, no, but I hear you done. <laughs> so it's like, man, they know you, you know, like they know you secondarily, and they're like, oh, so yeah, man, like they go and they take their friends. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the way it works. You know, word of mouth. It's like you don't need to subscribe to Facebook ads. You don't need to put out like ads and, and marketing and into the local journals and magazines and newspapers or whatever. Word of mouth is the best way to get it done, and especially when you have a product that is worthy of being spread via word of mouth. That speaks volumes about what you're doing, how you're doing it, and ultimately how you're going to stay open. You know, because my parents, my parents are, they're fucking boomers, bro. You know, they're, they're old school. They're, they're old school Mexicans. They like what they like. They know what they know, and they don't want to have to do anything else. So mm -hmm. when I said, hey, let's go get a burger at this spot. Where are we going, Miko? Ah, ah Miko, it's, fuck, it's far. I don't want to go. It's too far. Like to the other uh -huh. spot when you were down to Fifth Avenue. Ah, oh, my dad. Everything with my dad is always like negativity first. Like, nah, Miko, I don't want It's like... Bro, you're going to like it. I said, this is a big ass burger. They have beer, local beer, and they have like cocktails. So I took them, took my dad and my mom at first, and they fucking loved it. And then they would, you know, they're, they're boomers, bro. They're on Facebook. So they, 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 they go on Facebook and, and they would post like, oh, I'm at the Belpo. I'm like, that's awesome. That made me feel cool. Like, mm -hmm. I, that made me feel like awesome. I was like, you know, I introduced them to one of my friends, one of my friend's establishments, and now they're going and going to supporting my friend's establishment and then in turn posting it on their Facebook, spreading it to their boomer-ass friends. And then, you know, <laughs> and then their boomer-ass friends are going and doing the same old thing. And then, But it's like, that's fucking awesome. Well, I love that. It's like... like uh, That's organic, bro. It's like... Yeah, and burgers are a great equalizer. Like, everybody eats burgers. Everybody loves burgers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're four years old and you want... Yo, a well done burger <laughs> with no cheese on a bun dry or, you know, you're 90 and you, you know, you want what you want. It's Give like, it it's, to me all. there's the whole <laughs> spectrum and it's yeah. like, who, I don't know anybody that doesn't eat a burger. Vegans. And we've got vegan burgers. She vegan burgers, bro. What's in a vegan burger? Beans. Yeah. Yep. Beans and all sorts of other stuff to hold it together. Is there good vegan food? 
I, and I'm coming yeah. from a place of like, because I know vegans are, they, they get upset. They're very hardcore. They're like CrossFitters. It's like, I don't know about vegan food because I'm not a vegan. I mean, they can be. I know plenty of vegans that are awesome. Rad people. Yeah. Well, and it's like, oh, I'm going to get vegan hate, bro. And I wasn't even I mean, hating. Maybe. I'm, just, I'm just ignorant to veganism. Vegan nation. I mean, I mean, Vegans. there's all sorts of funny jokes about yeah. vegans. You're like, how do you know somebody's a vegan? Because <laughs> you don't stop talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. They'll tell you. <laughs> but at the same time, like, yes, like, huge factory farm meat operations are not great for the environment. Like, and, you know, you shouldn't be eating huge amounts of meat for every meal. Really? You know, yeah, coming from the burger guy, this yeah, is going to be bad for business. Himself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But hey, I mean, like, you you have a meal, you have some veggies on the side of those, like, veggies are good. Like, I like vegetables. I like yeah, meat, but I like vegetables too. Yeah, when they're sauteed and it's got to have some flavor. Oh, and oh totally. And yeah. I've had plenty of vegan food with lots of flavor to it. Yeah, there And there's some awesome vegan spots around town. I keep hearing that. Well, and there's I have like friends who aren't vegan who go to the vegan spots because the food is amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like Kindred, mm. you know, they're going to need a little extra boost. They're in I South heard Park. Right? They're in South Park. Yeah, yeah. They're right next to Hamilton's and South Park Brewing. And perhaps R.I.P. Hamilton's in South Park. We'll uh, see. Yeah, all I heard on the news is we'll that see. I don't know and that there's heavy damage. You know? Yeah, heavy damage, lots of smoke damage. That sucks. That's a, you know that's an institution for San Diego and it is beer and everything. Ugh. Well, I we heard that it. next door, uh, Kindred had a lot of smoke damage, so I don't think they're going to be open for a while oh, either. Man, so it affects. Yeah, you know, they're not getting the 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 press about it, but I think they. They got hit pretty hard Beanie too. Pandemic, Tom. Dude, twenty twenty, just like taking no. Everybody needs a bro. fucking break, dude. I want a break, man. Oh, man. Right? Re- uh, yes. Right. Okay. You're open now. Yep. Good to go. What services do you currently offer at the Balboa? I want to get a burger. I know how to do it, Tom. But for the people who want to go out there, <laughs> how do we get a burger at the Balboa currently? Yep, we're open at the Balboa South at two ninety third oh. Avenue. Uh, we're open for dining on our patio and in our front little area on the sidewalk. And we, you walk in, order a burger. You can call it in and take it to go. You can walk in and take it to go. So you, you can, have that outdoor patio. It just it makes it more of an easy transition then. Yeah, well, cool. we actually we had to build the patio uh, during this. It's that's something that I drama, wanted bro. to do. But that's been a drama on Third Avenue. Jesus Christ, man! Building these damn patios in the oh, front no of our kidding. businesses. Yeah, no Jesus. kidding. But you know what? Everybody's you know, as much like drama as there might be. Everybody's trying to survive here. Everyone's in full survival mode, bro. Yeah, and it's We're like all in the same boat. You know. Yeah, I've gone through some of that drama too. And it's yeah. like, you know, you you don't want to stomp down your neighbor at the same time. You don't want to go out of business. True that. Um, so w- we actually had a couple of parking spaces in our back area where we built out a patio. How does, what's that all about? I haven't been to the back yet. How, how does that look? What, what are you going to be offering? I mean, eventually you hinted that you're going to have full liquor license. You know, eventually we'll have the liquor license. For now, it's beer and burgers, 
the back patio, you know, seats about 30 people. Hell yeah. It's pretty comfortable. It's off of the street. You know, so it's, you don't have all the street noise and exhaust and all that stuff. That's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, we've got lights and some sunshades <laughs> and if people stop buying up all the goddamn heaters, we'll have oh, some heaters eventually. I don't have any heaters, bro. Dude. I don't have any heaters. Me either. They're impossible to get right now. Fuck. Do we need heaters really? I mean, I don't know. It's San Diego winter, but it's a San Diego winter, bro. But you, at the same time, you have to appeal to your audience and the audience gets real cold at 65 degrees. That's very true. So Uh, it's, you know, so now that that we are in the, the purple tier, how has it been? You know, it, it's hard to tell because it Uh just happened this weekend. Uh, but since we closed down, we had our two busiest days. Saturday and Sunday were our two busiest days we've ever had, followed by Tuesday, the slowest Tuesday we've ever had. Really? So it's really, it's <laughs> brave new world. It's hard to tell, like, what's going to happen, That's true, where man. you're at. That's true. It's hard to predict. You know, as a business owner, it's hard to Fuck staff correctly. There's no more forecasting. No. Forecasting <laughs> is out the window. You know, it's like, you, no. you, you can't, and I can't, I can't imagine operating a, a restaurant under these conditions because- it's all predicated by forecasting. How much food am I going to order? How many? How much right. produce? How much this? How much that? For beer, is that we just keep making beer, and then it's my job to keep moving and selling this beer. It's Kevin's job to keep making this beer. Well, so, I envy <laughs> you, my friend. <laughs> so shit, don't yeah, don't get it twisted. We've gone through our fair share of dramas and and getting things like on the right path here during the pandemic. But yeah, man, having a restaurant right now, having any fucking business, Tom, is ridiculous. Having multiple locations is ridiculous. So now that we know a little bit about the Balboa South and what's going on, what's been going on with the OG spot? Well, that at the beginning of the pandemic, we closed for a couple of months up there. And then we tried to open for just to go food and it did miserably. I think a big part of that location is that it's a dark neighborhood bar. Like it's a meeting place. For everybody in the neighborhood. The fun is inside. Right. And that's what we're, that's what fuels us. That's what gets our customers coming in. Uh, so that was kind of hard. You know, we, we lost a lot of money over a couple of months there and the whole block was under redevelopment and we didn't have a lease. So we said, Hey, you know what? We're losing a lot of money here. It doesn't make sense for us. We're going to back out. Mm. So we decided to close that one permanently. So that. But after a couple of months, our landlords reached out and said, hey, you know what? Let's not be hasty here. Let's (laughs) figure out something that works for all of us. And they've actually been great. Uh, We were set to reopen that spot this week. Jesus. But with the purple tier, all of the seating's inside. We actually expanded the location. Uh, they offered us the spot south of us to pretty much double the size of the place so we could get enough bodies in there safely to Operate. hopefully you know, make the business work. Because no matter how much you love a business or want it to work, if the money doesn't come in to keep paying the rent and the vendors and all that, you know, regardless of whether I'm taking a paycheck, it doesn't work. 
sometimes the variables don't all line up, bro. Right. You know, sometimes it just it just doesn't happen for us, you know? Right. So what so, about now? Well, it seems like the door is slowly kind of like ajar. It's not completely closed. Oh, it's not closed by any means. But at this point, we're not going to be able to open there until we move up to the next tier. So as long as we're in purple, that place isn't opening up. That makes me happy, bro. And it doesn't make sense to open up if there's the distinct possibility that we might move back because it's a lot of work to reopen a restaurant. You know, you, you might have all the equipment there. You have all the booze there, all of that. But if, if you might be shut down in a week, you might be dealing with a lot of product going bad. You might've just hired a bunch of staff back that then you're saying, Hey, I'm sorry. I can't pay you anymore. You don't have a job anymore. And that's been one of my biggest concerns is, you know, I'm, I'm one man, but the Balboa, both in Bankers Hill and South, it, it runs because of our staff. It doesn't run because of me. And that's something I've been really concerned about is you don't want to be playing with people's livelihood. And that's a, that's a really big concern. I'm sure you know that like you've, you've had to deal with that. Like it's been hard. You feel responsible mm-hmm. for your employees mm-hmm. and you want them to be able to pay their rent and yeah. have food and maybe a little extra cash yeah, to get I mean. drunk and order shit off of Amazon you know, or I'm something, e- you know? That's like- when all the magic happens. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I was excited when the staff had an opportunity to, you know, collect unemployment and just, mm-hmm. you know, everything was awesome on the up and up, you know, all good things come to an end eventually. That's just how it is. And, in life, but I offered the opportunity to work was always here. Kevin and mm-hmm. I took a step back. I mean, I, I love working behind the bar. I love like tending the bar. Oh, you don't to, like talking to people. Yeah, right. Huh? <laughs> I just like, like, you know, like picking the brains of the regulars. Who's coming in? What brings you in? Where are you from? How mm-hmm. you here? You know, just fucking being my normal dumbass self and just talking a lot. And I love it. But I understood that my, my, my main priority is making sure my staff is taken care of, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I gave them an opportunity. If you guys want to work and feel comfortable working, we'll do our best to maintain this location as kept, well-kept and and within regulation to make it, you know, a comfortable spot to work. But if you guys don't feel comfortable, Kevin and I will eat up all the shifts. Like this is our business. Right. Like that's not an issue. We'll, we will work. You know, mm-hmm. We started this as us working. We'll go down with this boat working. That's not an issue. But if you guys want to work, and you're comfortable, by all means, these are yours. I won't take any of your shifts. I haven't worked behind the bar since the pandemic started, bro. Oh, you know? man. I'll probably work like the holidays, like Thanksgiving, a shift, or Christmas, a shift, just because I, I I know people in the neighborhood. We're busy those days, bro. Right. We are slammed those days. Um, If we're still in the purple tier, we're not going to be open for like consumption offsite, like if outdoor, because I don't think my food truck's going to be around Christmas Day or on, no. on, on Thanksgiving. I don't even think like our secondary second menu at Don Pedro's is going to be open. So it's like, I'll just open those days for to-go sales, crawler sales, four right. packs, filling growlers, whatever, you know? It's yeah, spread one, some holiday cheer. Yeah, right? You, <laughs> to make your family a little bit more palatable, you know? Right? Because <laughs> you know what? It's become that tradition for the last two years that we've been open. That we're open every holiday. Okay. We've been open every day. We had to close, uh, I think, like half a day once when the water main broke and we had no access for water. (laughs) So, I mean, 
we had to close, you know, right. but I pride myself in like, we're open, bro. Like we we're open new year's Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever, dude, my birthday, we're open mm-hmm. <laughs> my birthday. What a more, <laughs> uh, but so it's like, shit. But when that happened, it's like staff, we got to make sure these are guys are taken care of. La la la. Whoop de woo. So I feel you, bro. I feel you with that, but it is what it is now. Well, now it's like, it's a dog fight, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. It's a dog fight in the sense that we don't know how long this is going to last. Nope. You know, I, I was told that when the elections were over, this is all just going to disappear, bro. Oh, I <laughs> think we were all told that. <laughs> I was told, oh, you just wait till the elections and everything will oh, go back to normal. Oh, but it depends who you ask if the Jesus elections are over. Christ, man. <laughs> That's been a whole other fucking shit show to worry about while operating a business and shit. Right. But here we are, Tommy boy. Here we are, staying alive. Dude, what have you been doing? Like, you've been fishing. Dude, been and working it, and fishing. All I see you and do that's is pretty much fishing, it. bro. I'm like, seeing, I, I like go online. I'm like, this. Well, nobody wants to see me post, hey, working in the kitchen for 12 hours today. Why not? I mean, yeah, they do. A big tuna is a lot sexier. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you brought me two lobster tails and some ahi today, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, Yellow. sir. Yellowfin tuna. Yellowfin tuna and two lobster tails. How the fuck do I even prepare a lobster tail? I usually go to Puerto Nuevo and like I get drunk and out comes the, the fucking lobster. Dude, there's a lot of ways to prepare okay. a lobster right. tail. Give me the way I'm going to do this one. My favorite. It better be easy. Okay. So there's two ways that I typically prepare them. Okay. Uh, and both of them, I always cut the lobster tail in half. You know, down the middle. And I either put it in... A pan, usually a cast iron pan with some butter, Ooh. brown it and do this, the uh, flesh side down for uh, three, four minutes, flip it over with the shell side down for uh, two or three minutes. I'm going to listen back to this and this okay. is exactly how I'm going to prepare the lobster and I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to send it to you and if it do doesn't it. come out, be like, what the fuck happened here, Tom? Man, Defective lobster. I've eaten a lot of seafood lately. Uh-huh. Go ahead. And this is how I do it. So that that way is one of my favorites. So, you know, you brown the butter, the the flesh of the lobster gets you know just a little bit brown and crispy on the outside. Flip it, let it sit there for a couple of minutes in the pan, pull it out and let it rest for a minute or two. And then usually I'll do just like rice and beans and tortillas. And you do a Puerto Nuevo style then. Well, Puerto Nuevo style takes a little more effort. Uh, that, yeah, you cut it in half, but then they deep fry it depending on where you're going. Usually they deep fry it in lard, like in pork fat. We go to Ortega's. Oh, you go to Ortega's? I'm a Puerto Angel kind of guy. One of my wife, wifey's cousin. Wait, which Ortega's? There's like the six one, Ortega's. Know, right? It's like fucking Ortega's with <laughs> little beans and shit. Um, the one with the big shark or swordfish in the front is that like you drive all the way down the road and you turn to the left and you go all the way way? it's like the fancy looking one yeah yeah okay okay my wifey's cousin um kike his family i guess owns that one okay we've always gone to that one you know that makes sense you know somebody go there but i mean i've actually never been to that one i hear there's a lot of other fucking bomb ass places and god forbid i even recommend going to those because you know that's not my cousin let's go to your fucking (laughs) (laughs) who am i complaining we usually get a fucking bomb ass discount for free or whatever but i mean all i know is that one you know and you know i don't know i'm big on local seafood Uh uh like eating the seafood from here that doesn't have 
you know, frequent flyer miles on it. It's not coming from Australia. It's not coming so, from Thailand. It's not coming I'm from not China. Going to Puerto Nuevo. I'm not going to Puerto Nuevo. Fuck it. Okay. I'm going to stay here in San Diego. Yep. Where am I going? You know, for a restaurant. Go ahead. Like you want to go and you want to eat local spiny Sounds lobsters. Good. Good. Mitch's. Mitch's is my favorite place Been to there. go for that. I like uh, it because they have killer beer on, on tap. Yep. They have a fucking awesome sandwich, bro. I don't remember uh, the name of it, but it, it, it's a fish sandwich. Okay. And, it, and it's amazing. Anytime well, I go, that's what I have. It, they're outside of lobster season. I usually get their crab cake sandwich. Okay. Like it's real good. That's the one. Oh yeah. Okay. Or their fisherman stew. Uh, the, but during se- lobster season, they have local spiny lobsters that are coming off the boats from local San Diego fishermen that honestly need your help right now. Like, you know, everybody's struggling, uh, but it's kind of a, a little known thing that most of the local lobsters here were being flown over to Japan and China where they were paying top dollar for them. What did but- that do for us? I mean, they gave us $35, $40 a pound for lobster. Uh-huh. So those fishermen were making a good, Hell yeah. yeah, good living. Get your money. Yeah. But right now, none of those places are taking any sort of live animals. And you don't want a dead lobster. You know, unless, yeah, I mean, there's situations where like, yeah, it's frozen. You're ready to go. But people want a live lobster. Uh so those guys are really hurting right now. And there's a couple of places that you can go buy them live. But I know for a fact that that Mitch's is buying local spiny lobsters. They've got a great little plate that they do. That's like I think it's like it's less than 20 bucks okay. for a half lobster and you know, rice and beans and tortillas and salsa and all so that good stuff. if I want stuff. that Puerto Nuevo feel, I go to Mitch's. Mitch's, yeah. Hell yeah. Right you now, go out there, sit on their bar, overlooking all the sport boats. Season? Yeah. When is lobster season? It started early October. I want to say it was either the 3rd or the 6th. Uh, and then it runs through, ugh, I want to say it's February or March. We're in the thick of We're it We're like right in now. the thick of it right now. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, and it's like a local delicacy that typically all of that stuff was shipped to China. So the locals never got an opportunity to buy it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And now it's like, hey, you have the opportunity to go buy this stuff, you know, either at Mitch's or going down to like Driscoll's Wharf. Never been there. You know, it's, uh, you know, if you know where Fisherman's Landing is with Uh like H&M and Point Loma uh, sport fishing and all that, like to the left of that. If you go down that road by America's Cup Harbor, there's Drizzle's Wharf, and they're selling fish and lobster straight off the boat from these fishermen. Like it's still a, to this day because I used to get right emails now. and messages like, "Come and get it. It's seventy five dollars, and this is the package you get. It's fifty dollars, and these are the pounds of fish that you get." Well, this is like you know, right now I don't remember which place it was. Um, but there were places down there selling uh, selling tuna for six bucks a pound fresh off the boat. Oofa, oofa. Like you're, you're hard Still pressed. right now. This weekend, yeah, right going, now. Yeah. Yeah. You're hard pressed to get like shitty Vietnamese tilapia for a decent price like that. At Albertsons. Right. Previously it's like, frozen shit. Right. And you were getting stuff that is fresh off the boat for cheap and you're supporting the local fishermen. Driscoll's Wharf. 
Driscoll's Wharf. That's where I'm going. Yep. This weekend to buy fish. Driscoll's Wharf, Tommy Gomes, uh, follow him. He's always putting out the the memo for who has what. Who's the best local fisherman? Oh, I mean, that's... Uh, Who's the most famous local fisherman that, that, that people follow and go to? You know, honestly, people don't follow the fishermen. Why not? I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's a like weird you disconnect. You, you mentioned Tommy Gomes. I follow well, him. And he is... He fishes, but he is not a commercial fisherman mm-hmm. anymore. He was at one point, but he's a fishmonger. You know, he's kind of the the connection between the boats he's the broker. and the people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's the liaison. Yeah. You know, he knows a lot about this stuff. And, you know, he's the one to follow. Tommy the fishmonger. You know, he's telling you where the, the fresh catch is, who's got what and when. Uh, you know, he is, he is a local treasure when it comes to right. local seafood. What was that? Oh, well, before we get back into that, if you could only choose one burger or seafood, wh- which way are you going? I mean, no, no, no. I, I mean, nothing, cabron. All right, <laughs> I mean, you can, you, can, you can only go with a burger or seafood to operate your business. Let's start with that channel oh, first. Oh, to operate yeah, my business. I sell burgers. Okay, cool. Uh, I sell burgers. If you could only sell or if you could only consume one. Seafood. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm like seafood, I love bro. burgers. I love but seafood. at this point after almost 10 years of seeing burgers every day, like I eat a burger maybe 3 4 times a month. You know, about once a week plus or minus. Seafood like, I eat seafood two or three times a week now. Oh, I love it. Question that came in, I was looking at the live. Um, what differentiates your burger from Rocky's? And that's another shit, bro. All I ever hear, and you're very political or diplomatic, rather, when you answer these questions online. But um, I've gone to both. Mm-hmm. I love both of your burgers independently. Sometimes oh. if I'm down, we were on a bike ride this week, and we rode out now OB, so we kind of rode by the fucking... Um, Rockies, I was like, oh, yeah, this would be an awesome time to get a burger. They weren't mm-hmm. open, you know, so we're like, whatever. But I mean, that question always pops off on social media here locally. Like, who has the better burger? Is it Rockies? Right. Is it Balboa's? Is it this? And it's a lot the same in the beer industry. Who has the better this? Who has? Does there have to be a competition or is there room no. enough in Santiago for two There burgers? is plenty of room. I love Rockies. Go ahead. Yeah. You don't have to make any decisions. You know, okay, so the decisions are very few. You're like, yes, I want the big one. And yes, I want cheese on it. And yeah, give me some fries. There's huge comfort in that. We offer a wider variety of options. When it comes to like the actual burger itself, like the patty, they're very similar. Like our patties are very similar to Rocky's. And I, I, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know why, but they're very similar. Damn, that sounds like you're accusing somebody of taking your recipe, or is that just me? No, no, right, they've cool. been around for a lot longer. <laughs> if anything, I'd be the one accused of you stealing a recipe. Fuck, you took their recipe? I mean, I didn't take anybody's anything, <laughs> but uh, I like it. And it's like the backyard burger bun, too. You're like the sesame seed bun. The only gripe I have with Rockies, like the only gripe is keep your fucking pickles off the top of my bun. Because it gets soggy on top. I'm like, I love those pickles. Put them inside. 
That, and that's the only gripe that I have with them. It's a great burger. What makes your burger awesome? The same thing that makes their burger awesome. It's that it's it's fresh. It's we've got a small crew that it's like it's probably the same guy making your burger that made your burger last time. You know, there, it isn't a cast of thousands in there that could that's what I they could awesome, screw dude. it up. That's you know, awesome. it's a small crew, just like they have a small crew. I think that we have a couple little different twists that we do. And yeah, of course I'm partial to our burgers. Like, uh, you know, we have a fresh baked bun that we get from a little, little, uh, bakery over in Logan Heights that makes them fresh Which for one? us every day. I'm not telling you. Hell yeah. I was going to get you slipping right there. <laughs> Which one? Cause bro, I, I go, I go get brioche like uh, buns. If I, if I if I see them, I always try different ones. I'm like, oh, which uh-huh. one? Which one's a good one? I haven't found one that's oh, like yours, bro. We don't, don't have brioche. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, I like to get fancy with yeah, my, the, my my my. We buns. got that bolillo. You got the bolillo, though. Yeah, Shit. it's bolillo bread, but they make it round for us like a burger bun. You motherfucker! <laughs> I'm always I'm always searching. I'm like, fuck, what, what is it? The brioche is it, it's 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 fancy. It's got a different taste, but it just doesn't do it for me. Like when I go to Rockies or when I go to yours or when I go to Hodad's, mm-hmm. like each one of you guys has a separate uh, a bun for yeah. each of it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, another question that I just saw on there is like excluding the Balboa. Uh-huh. Top three burger spots in San Diego. Shit. Yeah. OK. Excluding the Balboa. OK, so these are all very different burgers. But I, they're different styles, but they're just what I like. Okay. Number one, I love the burger at the Friendly. Woo. I love their concept that it's like, it's a, here's your shitty little greasy charred burger for five bucks with grilled onions and mayo and take it or leave it. That's what it is. You know, no substitutions. Like the like line cook in me loves that. I'm like, oh, no substitutions. You want to leave off something? Fuck you. But. That's not very friendly. It's not, but I love that. <laughs> I've seen some shit go down with that at, at, on social media, too. We're like, well, ask for this. And they said, no. But people just like complaining, bro. People what? just like complaining. People expect everybody to do everything for them. And on some level, I, re- I really respect a business. It's like, no, this is what we do. Take it or leave it. You're not special. We're not making it special. This is what we make. Like, you don't go to a store and go like, oh, I really like these apples, but I wish this one was redder. They're not going to like, you know, snap their fingers and make you a redder apple. Like, they make what they make. Well, damn. Um, who else makes a really good burger? Rockies. I like Rockies burger. Like, it's like the like all American backyard comfort burger. And I'm trying to think who. Else. OK, I, I, so my third one is actually my first one. I'm going to have to reorder these. So friendly is second and Rockies is third. The first one. It isn't any one particular place. It's a boat burger. When you're on a sport boat fishing and they're making burgers, I don't know what it is about their burgers. They all make it's like a shitty frozen Costco patty. With Montreal steak seasoning and a generic bun. I don't know what it is, but being on the water and having one of those burgers, I don't know if it's the salt air or what, that is my all-time favorite burger. Is when you're on a sport boat, hanging out, fishing, 
and you're moving to another spot and you order a burger real quick. You're like, give me a double bacon cheese. And they throw everything on there. And it's just like, you try and scarf it down before you get to the next spot. Bro, I've never seen somebody so fucking passionate and excited talking about <laughs> it's It's mixing two of my passions. It's fishing <laughs> and burgers. And that is my, my favorite burger. I think, so I will uh, say, uh, I think the best <laughs> burger in the fleet either goes to the San Diego at a Seaforth landing or the Grande, mm. which is another full day boat. I've like, never been fishing, dude. Oh, uh, come on. No. Buddy. I've never been fishing. We're going fishing. I've never. Been I know you you work hard. But what about you've got like I, seven jobs? What if I vomit? What if I fucking get all. Then you vomit over the side. Sick. Who had. I mean, I vomited over the side of a boat. Yeah, because you're probably drunk, bro. No, I've been seasick before. Yeah. Had an ear infection, decided to go fishing and just. You know, don't be shy. Let it fly. Really? That's, it's, it's oh, cool? yeah. It's a thing. If you're oh, if you're sick, throw up. Go over the yeah, boat. I've never been fishing. Try and make it downwind from everybody, <laughs> and you're good. Listen in the wind. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd love to go fishing. I'd like to learn what. There's so many people that love fishing, and I'm like, I just don't see the appeal. I just don't. I don't. I don't. It's and it's because I've never done it. There's a wide range of fishing from like extremely relaxing to super fucking intense. Uh, you know, and I like that full spectrum. Okay. Uh. But I would love to take you out. Here's the thing. There's a lot of us, me, uh-huh. kind of me's that have never been fishing. Uh-huh. What do you recommend as an entry level fishing trip? Like going to the pier, going to the bay, going on a boat? Like, what do you recommend? You know, the if you just want to go and like catch a fish and hang out and have a good time. And you're not like super interested in eating that fish. Like you just want to like release it. Nah, fuck that. I want to eat it. You want to eat yeah, it? Let's get to okay. that. Uh, if you want to eat a fish, I would go on either a half day trip. Okay. Out of any of the landings. Uh, San Diego has some of the best fuck fishing that. in the Give world and some the of the one. best boats. The go to Tommy. Stop being so diplomatic. Give me the I, one that okay. you go to. So, my favorite landing is the Seaforth landing. Okay. The half day boat there is the new Seaforth. Awesome crew. Awesome captain. Uh, you know, those half day boats are kind of hit or miss. Sometimes they're pulling up little rockfish that aren't even like a taco worth of meat. And, you know, this year they also pulled up a freaking marlin. And which doesn't happen in San Diego. No. And last year they hooked on to like a 12 foot Mako shark. So it's like, there's the whole spectrum just because you're fishing. Doesn't mean you're going to catch anything, but that's my favorite half day boat. Okay. How much does that cost? That I, you know, with COVID the, the prices have changed a little bit because there's less people fishing, which is honestly great. Uh, and I think it's like somewhere between sixty and seventy dollars. I might be wrong. What well, what size group do you need to go? Oh, you can go solo. Yeah, you can just show up as your own person. You can rent gear there. I think it's like between ten and twenty bucks to rent gear. So a hundred dollars makes it happen. A hundred dollars, you have gear, you got bait, you're on the boat. You can probably even drink a, a beer or two can you and bring have your a burger. Own beer or do you buy the beer from them? No, you buy the beer from them. Okay, cool. 
Um, and then my favorite full day boat is the San Diego. Okay. Out of Seaforth Landing. And that boat is I'm going to Seaforth Landing, basically. That's the spot. That's my favorite spot to go okay. out okay. of. There and like I said, the whole fleet in San Diego is solid. Like other cities wish that they had a fleet that was as clean, professional, and on the fish as San Diego. Nice. I'm, I'm going to go fishing, bro. I'm going to go do a half day. No, you're going to come on my boat and we're going to go fishing. You have a fucking boat? I have a little tiny boat. Look at, is it? Fuck. All right, I'm in. That's yeah. scary. We'll have, God damn it. It floats. It's the ocean. You don't have to be scared. It floats. Oh my God. We'll, we'll fish the bay if you want. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to fish, bro. I'm, I'm going to leave I'm gonna leave it in your hands. You tell me what we'll to do. We'll go catch some lobster. Ooh, puta. Let me fix this lobster first. <laughs> all let right. Me, let me see, all right. this, see if you like it. I have another question. That came through. And it's a good one because I've had these. I've had these burgers. And for some reason, these burgers are fucking bomb anytime I've had them. And I, okay. And anytime I've had them, I've been like on a good one. Like we've been drunk. And this was in my younger year, like when wife and I maybe had just like started dating or, or just got married. No kids. Oh, quit teasing a- me. Come on. Give it to me. Taco shop burgers. Oh, dude. Oh, those are the fucking best burgers I fucking ever. love taco shop burgers. Why? Why are they so good? I. They're always well done. They're always kind of thin patties. They use the shredded lettuce. Half of the time they have beans on them. It's like a torta, bro. Yeah, it is. They prep it like a torta and you have it. You're like, oh, okay, I'm in. Well, and it goes back to what I said earlier. The best burger is the one you're eating. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you know, there's so many different kinds. Pinchy hamburger. Look at you, bro. Dude. <laughs> like. Yeah, taco shop burgers. Like, that's there's true. a when taco I saw, shop. When I read that question, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. The t- I remembered. It took me back to a time when, and if you go to a taco shop and you don't know what we're talking about, go to the taco shop. Ask them if they make a burger. It'll, yeah. it'll, it'll be on the menu. You just haven't looked at it. You probably, right. like, you're fixated on what you're looking for, and that's a wrap. Most of these spots offer burgers, and those burgers are amazing. Well, you can't compare it to, like, a, like, $20 steakhouse burger or anything like that, but it's, like, it's... I'd rather have one of those than a twenty dollars steakhouse yeah, burger. Yeah, because they're usually like four dollars. <laughs> oh, four bucks is expensive for a taco shop burger. Depends on what taco shop. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a taco shop close to here that I don't even know the name of. It just says taco shop. Ooh, what street? Go ahead. It's like where third meets fourth. That'll that'll never meet. They run parallel, motherfucker. One goes down the hill and turns. You're there's high. like a Jack in the Box. And the DMV, and then across the street. Oh, you're going that way. Oh, you're going to that taco shop. That Dude, taco shop is awesome. That's it awesome. is yeah. for some yeah. stuff. For some stuff, it's horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That taco shop but is like, awesome. But like their burger there okay. is really good. You're, you're talking. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Try to slip a fucking taco shop by me, bro. What's wrong? I with mean, you? it just says taco shop. I don't know the name of it. Before you came along, before the Balboa was the Balboa or anything, I used to work in downtown in my previous life. Um, on B Street, and I would go to downtown Johnny Brown's. Uh huh, dude, I loved their burger. You know, I would go have a burger there, get a red trolley, uh, Carl Strauss red trolley, and we'd go to the Potter game. You know, when the Potters were fucking horrible, and you could just walk in, buy a ticket for five dollars, the park pass, and hang out in the back. But our 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 thing would be like going from work, going to that little the Johnny Brown's on the corner, and right next to what is it, the Fourth and B uh, venue, and then just walk over to the stadium. Those burgers were awesome. 
you know? But then you guys fucking came along and just killed it for everybody. Just ruined it. Like, oh, oh now I need dude. a fucking Balboa burger. There is a burger for every situation, yeah. just like there's an ass for every seat. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to, bro, I used to enjoy going to Fuddruckers. You know, like, dude, I would, I would me order. Me too. Yes. Me too. You're like, yeah, all that cheese sauce. Dude, the, the cheese <laughs> sauce. Put all those jalapenos on there. And then yep. it's like, I'm having a nacho burger, bro. Like, yep. these, these things You make awesome. your own. These, I love burgers. I had burgers last dude, night. Dude, me too. I bought pub patties. Um, okay. Yeah. I was lazy. I didn't want to make my own. Were they like own. Albertsons? Yeah, like, like an Al- Okay, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what? I ain't even going to lie. Pub patties for me are my little like guilty pleasure. Wifey likes to watch the Real Housewives of whatever fucking city it is, and my guilty pleasure is getting pub burgers from uh like supermarkets. Vaughn's has some bomb ass ones. Ain't no shame in that. Well, Vaughn's has some bomb ass little pub burgers that they prepare mm-hmm. with like whatever like Ortega chilies and and whatever and cheese. Yep. I saw the ones yesterday that had bacon in it, and uh-huh. then it had fucking chunks of cheddar. I was like, you know what? They're the spicy like uh, old yep. school cheddar. I was like. Let me get two of them patties right there. Mm-hmm. Went home, you know, triggered the fuck out of them, came, came out, and was like, it, they were amazing. Oh, that's great. I love burgers. I love eating. I'm Dude, like you. Me too. I just enjoy eating. It's my, it, that's my vice, you know. I try not to drink a lot anymore because I'm older. I'm a daddy. I got responsibilities. So I eat the fuck out of things, bro. <laughs> You're taking me fishing. Love it. Yeah, we're going fishing. All right. Yeah. Tom, unless you got something else to say. Let's wrap this motherfucker up. Yeah, there we go. I got to go fishing. You are going fishing. <laughs> I'm going fishing after this. Tom, thank you for coming in. <laughs> I can't wait for everything to go back to normal so we can all go back to drinking pints, having burgers, dipping my fucking garlic fry into your aioli sauce and just amazing shit. Ooh. <laughs> Did I just... Ooh. <laughs> I love food. I'm not going to be able to stand up straight anymore <laughs> leaving here. Tommy, you're Chula Vista fucking local. You're awesome. And we love you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Have a great day, my man. <laughs> Fucking total. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Pop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. Besitos.